Hello and welcome to the Painless Podcast. It's Chris Hartwig from Painless Networking here. Before we talk bacon, or bacon sports more exactly, quick reminder for those of you who are in sports or event marketing and need to or want to network, maybe you love it, maybe you don't, maybe you even hate it, but you know you need to figure networking out, please check out our all-new website, www.painless.network. If you haven't already, you can now simply and directly connect with other members to painlessly solve problems, post or share jobs or internships, or project work, or maybe you can find an awesome new job for yourself. Head to the new painless.network today for more on taking pain out of networking. And oh yeah, it's free. If this is your first painless podcast, let me explain what we're trying to do here. Pretty simple, just connecting with good human beings in and around sports and event marketing. Not just sound bites, but conversations with smart, interesting, generous people sharing with us how and why they've reached the success they've had and how and why networking and mentoring have shaped their careers. So let's get to today's Painless Podcast guest, Rob Cressy, founder of Chicago-based Bacon Sports and Cress Media. He's a host of three podcasts right now, the Infield Chatter Daily Web Blog, I guess you call it, and uh, author of numerous ebooks and much, much more. He's, uh, he's inspirational. He's energetic. He's funny. He's interesting. Just sit back and enjoy the wit and wisdom of Rob Cressy. Tons of great nuggets on how to approach life and work with passion and how he has transformed from selling obituary ads to working, living the dream in sports. Thanks again to the folks at the Virgin Hotel Chicago, their second floor commons club workspace and restaurant bar area for hosting us. You'll hear a little bit of the staff prepping the place for dinner. So excuse some dishes and pans clanging around and uh, you might catch the uh, brown or green line rumbling right in the background as well. But hey, that's life. Recorded October 12th. Let's get connected with Rob Cressy. Welcome to the Painless Podcast. Today's guest, Rob Cressy. Rob, you wear a lot of hats, including one on right now that's got the bacon sports on, uh, on backwards. The folks at home can't see that. But tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days, bacon sports, but so much more. So uh, I'm Rob Cressy. I'm the founder of Bacon Sports. Uh, we are a sports comedy and men's lifestyle brand. Uh, we've built a community of bacon-loving, jersey-rocking sports fans, and really it came from my love of sports and my dream of always working in sports. And one day I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, I'm going to regret the rest of my life if I don't give it a shot at living my dream of working in sports. And I'd always been a freelance fantasy sports writer for 13 years before I made a single dollar in sports. I uh, quit my job and I was like, boom, let's build the awesomest sports media company ever. And uh, that's a journey I've been on for the last six years. Let's go a little deeper on that of how did you come to that point that what was the job that you had and why did you feel that now was the time to, to leave that? So I had done digital advertising sales for seven years and was very successful at it. The thing was, I didn't wake up every morning saying, you know what, I can't wait to slang some banner ads and text links and, and cold call a bunch of people. And I've been a sales guy for, I don't know, well, pretty much my entire life because everybody's in sales, but my actual job was sales. And you can be successful at something without loving it. 
and I did not like it. I sure loved the money, but uh, what I did is I just kept saving money over my different jobs. I worked at CareerBuilder uh, in the early dot-coms when they were balling. Uh, then I worked at a company called Legacy.com, which was the world's largest obituary website. Mm-hmm. Try selling advertising on that bad boy. <laughs> and the reason I took that opportunity is because I said to myself, if I can figure out how to sell advertising on an obituary website, I can do anything. Because up until that point, one person had tried to sell advertising and failed. So the bar was zero. And they were one of the 100 most visited websites in the United States every month. So we're talking hundreds of millions of impressions that are being monetized at like remnant ads. We're talking like nothing. So I rolled in there and I was like, if I can just increase this bad boy 10%, just five cents on this huge aggregate, I'm going to be just completely balling. And I did that for three years and proved to myself that I can do anything. But then it got to the point where I said, all right, uh, I want more. And I was 30 years old and I said, if I don't do this now, when am I going to take the leap and do it? And I've always been entrepreneurial. I always had a side hustle. Um, I had Crest Media, which was at the time uh, my ad sales brokerage where I would do ad sales for publishers and bring them together with advertisers. Uh, so I always had that in me, but I just said, boom, let's cut the cord um, because no better time than now. And, and when you, so when you first started, what was the first thing that you did uh, after, or maybe even before quitting, but what was the first thing of bringing this, the bacon sports particularly to life? You know, you, what was good is an advantage, I would say, over some people was you had the media, digital sales experience and knew that world, which probably is a fair amount of things that can transfer over, right? But so what did you do? Did it, uh, you know, did you have a strategy and a brand and a messaging and a uh, 60-day and six-month plan and all those things when you quit? Or did you go do that afterwards? Oh, of course not. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so I probably started Bacon Sports a year before that. And it's one of those things, and this may resonate with a lot of entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, is when you're working a full-time job, but you can't stop thinking about something else. You're like, this is what I really want to do. And for me, with Bacon Sports, I was building a community, and uh, I built the website first, and I knew, all right, I need this thing to be a good sports blog. So visually, I got to find an awesome designer. I went and found that. And then from there, it was consistency, just writing, getting my voice out there. And the landscape then was so much different than it is right now in terms of blogging and monetization. And of course, as you mentioned, my digital advertising background was just perfect for this because the number one way that publishers monetize is via digital advertising. I, who knows better than me, a guy who's sold digital advertising for seven years. That being said, I went into it saying the model I'm going with is not digital advertising mm-hmm. because one of the reasons why I left is I could see where the industry was going. Things were slightly moving at the time from desktop to mobile, which made it harder to monetize. And we were seeing CPMs go down and you're starting to see uh, ad exchanges come out there where now all of a sudden a publisher who sells on a demographic, well, what do I need you for? Because I can just go to Google over there who can give you that times a million. So all of those things came into play at once. And then finally, once it was time for me to cut the cord, it was... There was no business model or plan, and it's, I'm not going to say it's still that way, 
but it's figuring out the entire time. I've always said, I'm going to turn a sports blog into the awesomest sports media company ever, as hard as that may be, and without even knowing what, what the way to do that is. So through that course, uh, I did full-time blogging for a year. I had six interns. Uh, I threw two events at Union Station called the Bacon Sports and Beer Celebration with 700 people at each of them, all trying to engage the community, figure out what is the other thing that I can do to try and monetize this to allow it to work. And we're certainly seeing publishers now in deep trouble because they're so reliant on advertising, but advertising is harder on mobile. Things are becoming so much more intrusive on desktop. You need video advertising. So much of it is just not a good user experience. Whereas you say, all right, well, what if the advertising wasn't the number one revenue generator for you? Where right now, if we're going to be looking forward, I'm going to say that brands who sell something else are going to be the new media companies of the world. Where you say, go and hire me to create all the content in the world for you because we sell widgets over here. Because we don't have to worry about monetizing that. Whereas opposed to the publishing industry says, we're doing this the other way. We're creating this stuff and we got to monetize these. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we're seeing right now, I would say, a huge change in that uh, or bringing to reality in that of looking at the the athletic or um, the other sites in Pittsburgh and Nashville and Boston that, that I've been reading about where it's purely a subscription model and it's it's skip the advertising basically and go right to that community and if you do it right you don't need a million you can do it their models most of these models are say 10,000 subscribers and they've got a full staff across all the major league sports coverage with legit coverage and it's shortcutting like you said the old publishers that are still basing it off of a different model right the difficulty in that model is staffing so you're essentially saying we are going to be delivering for you X amount of high quality articles per day that you cannot get anywhere. Certainly on niche sports, it makes a lot of sense. Shout out to my man, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports, because that's who I'm ones. talking about. Exactly. Uh, who I'm and talking I actually about. talked to him last week about um, he's licensing the technology yep. of, of that platform to Greg Bedard in Boston. Ex that's what I've exactly. been reading about. So he and put a tweet out there, and I was like, boom. He's like, you can, you can buy our platform. So naturally, I was like, I'm interested in hearing more yes. about this. And it's the membership side, and that's always been in the back of my mind. But right now, I'm not to the point where content's secondary to me in terms of what I'm posting on Bacon Sports. Uh, I'm not doing it like DK does with you get Pittsburgh Penguins, you got Steelers, you got Penn State, you got Pitt, you got Pirates, all that. Mm -hmm. So he's the go-to source of everything real time. Yeah. So it's very much a journalistic model, but I love the thought process of it because I do believe that membership sites are probably the way for publishers, even though consumers don't want to pay for content. If it is good enough and differentiated enough and you provide enough value, they will pay because I do pay. Well, that's. I think that's where... It's been important for, I guess, the big boys, you'd say, of New York Times and some of these other ones of putting the foot down and putting it in place that you have to pay for it. Because I think it was DK. I, I'm referring to probably you could shortcut a lot of this as listeners to go to Richard Deitch's SI uh, Media, Sports Media podcast is fantastic. And he just talked to DK and Greg Bedard and the gentleman in Nashville that's slipping my mind right now. But talking about that and what's the model that makes it work. And a lot of them said the biggest hurdle has been the under 30 or so type audience that's been used to getting all this content for free and getting them to understand 
that you need to pay for it to, to support it and get it and get unique stuff. An old guy like me that's been around for 25 years is used to paying for the newspaper and the magazine subscription and all those things. So that was an easier transfer. So anyway, the, to that, with, with, uh, with what's going on with Bacon, you're talking about monetizing that and all. How are you going about doing that? What's, what's coming up in the near future and down the road that's keeping Bacon Sports moving forward? Are you going into different areas? Are you going to the membership, more of a heavier membership model? Tell us about that. So, one, I think the key for these membership sites is you're actually building a community and you find people who say, I'm not willing to pay. All right, well, I'm going to find the ones who do. And you start building a community one person at a time. And that's been core to everything I do at Bacon Sports. About two and a half years ago, I knew the writing on the wall this entire time. I'm not dumb enough to say that all of a sudden I was going to flip a switch and I was just going to get 10 million monthly uniques. I'm going to be making tons of money from advertising revenue. So I've just been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I was like, all right, well, let's flip this thing backwards. I was like, instead of me creating the content needing advertising, why don't I go and create a content creation and digital marketing shop that creates content for brands looking to engage sports fans? Because what am I great at? Creating sports content. What are brands bad at? Creating authentic <laughs> sports content that resonates with their audience because everything's so promotional. So that's when I opened up Crest Media version 2.0. So I essentially rebranded it from the advertising sales rep firm to a content creation shop where I now go and work with sports brands looking to engage sports fans. What's, and so we were talking about this before we flipped the, the mics on. Give an example of one of the things that you're you're doing, uh, MLBPA. Does that fall under that um, um, 100%. umbrella? 100%. So, so tell us about I that. I am uh, hosting a twice-a-day, five-day-a-week short-form baseball video show. So I create 10 videos a week, uh, do at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. that are between two and a half and three and a half minutes for an app called Infield Chatter, which is owned by the Major League Baseball Players Association. What this app does is it better connects the players with the fans, and it's a baseball-only app. So, and this is something that the players actually wanted themselves to say, hey, we want to be closer to the fans. We get that there's other social media networks out there, but we only want to talk about baseball. This is the baseball world here from a player's perspective so that fans, when you're on infield chatter, you can connect and talk with the players. So to help uh, increase downloads and engagement and build their community, they smartly are like, hey, how is everybody consuming content now? Video, great. Let's go ahead and find someone who's gonna create a video show for us twice a day to help bring in the audience and we're gonna promote this via social and then it's gonna live also on the app itself. So that's what I've been doing probably since July through now, uh, creating baseball video content for them. So it's a one-man show. Yeah, truly a one-man show we 100%, talked about. 100%. You're doing the writing, and you are the talent, the host. You then do the editing, and uh, twice a day, about three minutes each with uh, baseball-only content. Uh, what what kind of things have you? So you've been doing this now. You said July, so three or three or so months that you've been doing this. Anything that you'd share with people that you've been surprised to learn or didn't expect that has resonated with people, or just the opposite, something that you thought, oh man, this is going to be a great one, and it 
was a turd. <laughs> how hard it is to yeah. do. Yeah. So a two and a half to three and a half minute video takes me anywhere from two and a half to three hours from start to finish, write, shoot, edit, produce. It's highly, highly edited there. And, and you're just doing this at your studio setup that you have. This doesn't even have to involve how much more time it would be to go out and be shooting stuff on any location and doing interviews, right? So that would be even more complicated. So if we're going to look at everything that I do, everything that I do is in the mindset of I want to live life happy doing what I love. And Bacon Sports is what I started doing. And one of my dreams is to build a sportsman cave studio. So my guest bedroom has all my common baseball cards from a kid as my backdrop. I still have posters everywhere. I've got a green screen. I've got lighting. It's a full-blown studio in my office. And I use that as the first realization of my dreams. It's I had that somewhere, and then it, it keeps growing and building up from there. And all of this is very much in line with, with what I'm doing at Bacon Sports because even though I'm not creating sports content specifically for Bacon Sports, I'm able to then share those videos on Bacon Sports and keep the conversation going there. So for me, the most important thing that I want to do, it's all about my love of sports and being a creator because at the core, that's what I want to do is I wake up every day and say, all right, well, the big challenge for me is what in the world am I going to create? It's very difficult when you look at a blank screen and you're like, Yesterday, I just spent seven hours writing, shooting, and editing. What in the world am I going to do today that I didn't do yesterday? (laughs) And, oh, by the way, have I ever created a 40-episode video series per month before? No. I've (laughs) I've created podcasts and videos and all of that stuff, and certainly I can do that, but never to this scale and never to this quality. And what I've enjoyed about this is how much this is stretching me to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I, uh, I studied improv and comedy writing at Second City for four years. And one of the things that my teacher, Scott Dickers, who was one of the founders of The Onion, uh, taught us is about writer's block. And really, writer's block is just your willingness to not put crappy words on a paper. So right. he's like, just start writing. So because of that, every day, literally at 6 a.m., I'm just writing and getting these going, getting things going, going, going. And next thing you know, from the start until now, it is like I am two completely different people. Mm. So the growth that I've seen through this is just so exciting for me because not only is it great for me personally, I'm getting paid to get better to do what I love. Yeah. But how I can then translate to all the clients that I work with in the other brands. And, oh, by the way, I can then teach this to everybody else in the Bacon Sports community or the Crest Media community because I'm... I'm so many different buckets. I'm an yeah. entrepreneur. I'm a creator. I'm a sports person. There's, I'm a marketer. So I'm not very easy, easily defined, but I love sharing everything that I learn because if I can learn it, anybody else can because I'm nothing special when it comes to that. <laughs> but that, that, I mean, you're built for what the, the world is right now. That, like we talked about, you share it. You've got it up on, I mean, where, where is, uh, or do you equally divide your time or how do you divide your time between what you know, whatever different digital platforms between your website and your blog versus a, an Instagram or a Snapchat or you know all these different pieces. What to you is the most important place to be right now, or is it to be everywhere? Where I'm at is irrelevant to me because I'm a creator who doesn't stop moving. So one piece of advice that I've got 
live in action. So I am always living in action. So, so many people get caught up in social media and it's great. You can get hired as an influencer once you have 25,000, 50,000 followers. But guess what? No job is ever going to come to you and be like, oh, I saw you tweet that one thing once. (laughs) Instead, people need to focus more on creating things that can be shareable. So videos, podcasts, what are going to grow? What's going to grow your brand? What's going to allow you to make connections with others? Because for me, uh, I would love to spend all day on social media. I'm a writer with a comedy background. Of course, I would love this creating gifts, short form content, all of this stuff and all the things that I love to do. I want to do and I do do for brands because I can help them achieve their goals. So my suggestion would be, uh, one, you want to be everywhere. So despite the fact that I don't care where I'm at, I'm everywhere. So that's why people are like, well, how do you have three podcasts? How are you hosting a video show? How are you doing all of these different things? Well, what's the alternative? The alternative is I don't get to live my dreams and do what I love. So you've got to have this endless hustle that will allow you to, as a creator, as a personal brand, to have everybody know who you are and guess what 99.999% of people have no idea who I am it's always about increasing that attention and awareness and the only way to do that is to keep plowing forward with more things that you create now we should give recognition you talked about you're doing multiple podcasts let's talk about that people want to find you where are where can they find you right now what are the podcasts for example so you can find me on the Bacon Sports Podcast, where we do sports comedy. That's where the sports side of me certainly comes out. Uh, that's on iTunes, Stitcher, or BaconSports.com. I also host the Sports Marketing Huddle, which is a podcast that takes a look at all things marketing in the world of sports. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, or CrestMedia.com. And what the purpose of that podcast was is it actually spawned from me having a guest on my podcast. So... Long story short, I got a question read on the Gary Vaynerchuk show, or the Ask Gary V show, and the CEO of a sports marketing agency in New York followed me on Twitter. So me, I instantly saw, I was like, oh, sports marketing agency, boom. I followed him, hit him up, and I was like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast, which is the third one, the Rob Cressy show, where I have conversations with creators, marketers, and entrepreneurs about their excellence with a goal of inspiring, educating, and entertaining the audience, because I love knowing more about what makes other people tick and why they're great. And he's like, boom, I'd love to come on the show. So I was like, all right, have him on the podcast, and it went really well. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, would you ever want to do a podcast together? And once again, this guy's a CEO of an ad agency in New York. I'm like, of course I would love to do this. And lo and behold, the sports marketing huddle uh, was created and 250 podcasts later, wow. uh, we are still chugging along and it is incredible the things that we've learned. So what we did is said, all right, let's flip this upside down. Instead of long form podcasts, we're making our podcasts between eight and 12 minutes. And we noticed a gap in the sports marketing world. There was no, po- there were very few podcasts that talked about real-time sports marketing topics. Because we're like, well, if we want to talk about uh, Antonio Brown doing Facebook Live in the Steelers locker room after they win a playoff game, or uh, Jordan Brand, or the rise of Adidas, or what is Tiger Woods, um, the fall of Tiger Woods, how does that deal with his marketability, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Well, where is there anybody talking about that? There isn't. So we then created that. Then we were fortunate enough to have a teacher, unbeknownst to us, binge listen to our podcast 
on a road trip. He listened to 20 in a row. Uh, shout out to Kevin from the University of Dubuque in Iowa. And he absolutely loved it and said, uh, in college, we're not teaching real-time stuff. Right. And it makes complete sense. If you were going to get a job right now, in uh, right out of college for an agency or something, they're going to say, what experience do you have with live streaming, Twitter, Instagram, all this? They're going to say, well, nothing. Why? Because our books aren't teaching it. So mm. he then took the Sports Marketing Huddle podcast and said, we're going to make this part of the course curriculum where the students are going to listen to the podcast and then in class we're going to talk about it. That, right. And the beauty of it being that shorter, digestible 8, 10, 12-minute pieces, too, is perfect for that. And so that's another reason to call it out that for those of you who say that the Painless podcast is too long, <laughs> make sure you check out the uh, Rob's uh, Sports Marketing Huddle, right? Correct. Okay. Make sure you check that out and you'll get your fill in 10, 12 minutes. Um, so you've got that. You've got, you're still baking sports and, and, and that's out there. Well, you know, before I forget, again, to come back though, the Second City thing, I wanted to talk about that. You took those classes for four years. Was that on a lark? Did you say, did you think it would have, be, it would have been something that would help you professionally? Um, you know, because it, it obviously has. And not just, not even, I, I think I took from you that it wouldn't even be if you were doing something sports or comedy even centric. You've learned so many things through getting through writer's block or whatever. But did you see that at the time? Of course. My goal was never to become a comedian. You gotta be crazy to do that. That's like trying to become an actor. But... What I did notice is that I was learning skills that nobody else in the sports space had. So when I created Bacon Sports doing sports comedy, I said, what's going to differentiate me from anybody else that's out there? Well, guess where I live directly across the street from? Second City, mm -hmm. the best comedy center in the nation. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go there and I'm going to learn the comedy fundamentals that I can then take with my own content creating and then with business and marketing. Because once again, always talking about differentiation, what do brands not have? They don't have a comedian marketer on staff that can say, I can create anything that you need with a voice that is unlike anybody else's. And oh, by the way, anybody who likes sports at Second City, you're an outlier because I go in there, 99.9% .9 of people there, they don't like sports, they don't know anything about sports. It is the most open and different and weird environment possible, and I say it in the best way possible, <laughs> because it comes from the philosophy of yes and. You're there to support others. So naturally, when people who are looking for support and community, they come to the comedy community where with open arms, we're all saying, boom, I'm here to support you when we're on stage or we're doing this skit because it's about us, not about me. And I cannot recommend enough someone taking improv classes anywhere, whether it's Second City, even just one, it completely changed my life. In a lot, and in a lot of different ways. Probably that's why so it changes so much. The writing and communicating and the perspective, the helping out, that's, that's great. I love that story. And, how do you now? Another thing that you've got, you've done a lot of, uh, you'd call them what, ebooks, basically. One of the recent ones that you did was, I'm going to get the title wrong, I'm sure, but the, you know, how to how to start a podcast or what was what's it? Podcast hustle, a step by step yeah. guide for how to create a podcast and grow an audience. How you know it's how long is it, roughly? It is 78 pages. Yeah. So it's digestible fairly quickly for somebody that's interested in that. They find that at Cressy Media? So you can go to CressMedia.com, C-R-E-S-S Media.com, or on my Twitter, at Rob Cressy. And I created literally 
a step-by-step guide. So everything that I had to learn how to create a podcast from the technical stuff, what microphones, how do you write a script, how do you use Skype, literally from zero to creating a podcast, if you read this, and by, oh, by the way, it's free. All you got to do is go yeah, to the websites. People got to be shaking their heads at that. Like, you talk about trying to monetize thing, that, that things, that should have a lot of value to people that they would pay for. So why do you put that out there for free? You got to think bigger. So I'm not going to be rich making $4.99 off an Amazon ebook as much as I would love to. Uh, it's something that it goes back to me giving and teaching and going through this process. It is, it's another chip that I can bring to the table when I talk to a brand or an agency or, that I want to work with. They're like, well, who in the world are you and what have you done? And I'm like, oh, by the way, here's what you, do you have a podcast division? Oh, no. Well, here's an ebook that I've created that can show you exactly what you need to do. Whether you read it or not, it's irrelevant. All I'm bringing is credibility <laughs> to the table here. So if I can help others, and this is very much the philosophy of why I do podcasting, is because if I can provide value to somebody else, it's going to come back to me further on down the road. And if I just keep going down this cycle, it's very much the way that Gary Vee always talks is jab, 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 right hook. I'm just going to keep providing value, providing value, providing value until all of a sudden you're like, holy smokes, you've given so much. And then finally at some point I'm like, oh, by the way, if you're looking for X, Y, and Z, let's work together. So for me, it's, it's to build relationships and help others because I love hearing from others who say, I started a podcast because of your ebook, and now I've met X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, boom, shakalaka, that's awesome. Well, how do you, you're, you uh, post on, um, I believe it, I've seen it LinkedIn, probably elsewhere as well, of trying to help people get involved and, and potentially build out even a podcasting network or whatever. What the folks listening, they're going, oh my God, I got to get that book because I, I can't get over the hump or I don't know how to get started. That sounds awesome. Uh, and that you've even got a, I would say the support network beyond that, that you've put in place too. tell folks about that too. So they know it doesn't just end at the book and then you move on to something else. So I think one of my biggest strengths and assets is my ability to connect others in relationships. So anybody who starts doing business with me and certainly you and I are going to uh, see the fruits of this labor is when you're in my network, I want to help anyone as much as possible because other people have helped me. So shout out to my man, Rick Strom. So the infield chatter opportunity, I got that through a referral. Right. He's like, boom, this agency is looking for something, hooks me up with that. Well, guess what? I'm now going to pay that forward 10 times over to everybody else. And why do I do that? Because there's plenty of pie for all of us to eat. It's not about me. It's about we, because if I can help you along on your journey, that's all that matters. And I think that's the right way to do business. And as you keep on doing this in different areas, so whether it's podcasting, live streaming, digital marketing, and all of a sudden I've got this roster and network of some very talented people that I've either interviewed or I've done business with or that I've talked with on podcasts and things like that, all of a sudden I can bring a lot more value to the table to everybody else. So my ability to scale things up quickly when needed uh, is very possible because I've got everything at my fingertips because of what I've done and who I'm working with. And I think this was helpful information. You look at this and I'm like, how the hell do you do this? Are you, you know, what are you on that you have this much energy and you do this many different things? You have this many projects going on. 
And it, we st- started about, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You talked about, you know, getting up earlier, working out, you know, doing those things. Talk a little bit about that, of how you are able to uh, break out, compartmentalize, whatever it would be, to be able to not look at this big, huge, steaming pile of gumbo and it's, you, you're never going to get anything done. How do you, you, you look at it differently? How do you break things down? If you were to talk to me seven years ago, you would not believe who I am now versus where <laughs> I am there. It's, I am a drastically different person and it comes with being charged from the inside and being self-aware and saying, I'm taking control of my own life. And once you cut the cord and say, I'm no longer working a nine to five where I have a steady income and it's now completely up to me, your mindset completely changes. Uh, I had a guy named Rick Gruber who runs an agency in Chicago on my podcast. And he said something that so resonated with me. You got to burn the boats. (laughs) Because when you're on that island, you burn the boat as an entrepreneur and there is no turning back. So with that in mind, I was like, I started to get better at having a positive and growth mindset. I'm like, all right, well, what am I noticing about high performers and leaders and CEOs? And I started to get more interested in, in reading about success. And then next thing you know, I created a reading habit where the first thing I do in the morning is read for 30 minutes because every day that you wake up, my goal is to make today better than yesterday. So if I read for 30 minutes first thing in the morning, no matter what, today is better than yesterday. So, boom, I've read 160 books over the last five years or whatever the number is. Just, just keep adding on. There's just so many good ones I can't stop. So once you have a growth mindset, you, you, you just keep learning. And I've learned more out of college than I ever did in college. So step one, growth mindset. Step two, let's talk about the getting up early. No one likes to get up early, but... Uh, I never wanted to regret not working hard enough to achieve my dreams because what if I had to go back to a job I hated? I've worked a ton of crappy jobs. I worked at a Fifth Third Bank call center selling (laughs) home equity loans, making $10 an hour out of college and absolutely hated it. Worst job in the world, but it was also my first job and I was very thankful for it because looking at it now, I know what I don't want Mm -hmm. and I know what I do want now. And I started reading and listening, and the top CEOs, they keep getting up earlier and earlier and earlier. And I'm like, huh, this is a common theme. So for me, I transferred my mornings to being incredibly productive. So meditating in the morning, reading in the morning, journaling in the morning, reading my goals, uh, rereading my book notes from previous books that I did. That's something I learned from Emerson Sparks. If you haven't heard of that dude, check him out. He is incredible. Uh, He's a Chicago entrepreneur, entrepreneur, among other things. What he taught me was you get the value you create by rereading your book notes from previous books. So I have a Kindle that I use and I highlight all these different passages. So at the end of it, I now have an Excel or a PDF file of that book. So every day I'll go back and just skim through any of those books to refresh what in the world's going on because it's all about retention. Because right. if we're talking about the best books in the world, you expect that you're going to remember it all in once? Mm-hmm. Of course you're not going to. So, boom, do that. And then the tip for waking up early. So I used to wake up at like 7, 11 a.m. I never wake up on normal numbers. I'm just not <laughs> cut that way. So I was like, all right, I want to start waking up earlier and earlier. So I started chopping off three or four minutes at a time. 7, 11 becomes 7, 06, becomes 7, 02, becomes 6, 58 all the way to the point where I'm now waking up at 5.23 a.m. in the morning, and I did that four minutes at a time. Because guess what? You're not gonna miss four minutes. 
if you wake up at 7-11 and then you're waking up at 7.07, are you like, oh my God, I'm so dead now? Of course you're not. <laughs> so you just start doing this and it all comes down to the mindset that you have. So the number one tip I have for entrepreneurs is you've got to control your mindset because the only thing stopping you from success is yourself. Well said. Well said. What's the, is, there a, is there a funny story of why it's 523 other than you, didn't, you like kind of odd numbers? Do I remember we talked about that? Of course that. there like, is. Is it Michael Jordan or something? Of you course. Know? So if okay. you look at the Bacon Sports logo, uh, there's a 23 in the pig for Michael Jordan. And I'm not lying when I say I believe I am the way I am right now because of Michael Jordan. Because growing up in the 80s, Michael Jordan was everything. Uh-huh. I loved basketball. I loved sports growing up in Pittsburgh. So Michael Jordan, you want to be like Mike. And I always wanted to be like Mike, and I still want to be like Mike because he's also, by the way, the model of excellence. So there's worse people right. in the world to model yourself after than Michael Jordan. And then the second part, why 523? Because 523 is closer to the fours than it is the sixes. So mentally, if I'm closer to people who wake up in the fours than I am the sixes, that's a different group of excellence. I, I love this. I can. I love every conversation that I have with you, Rob, because even though some of these now we're retelling these stories for other people, uh, I love how this is this is broken down. And the, the, another thing that stuck with me, like with the podcasting book, I'm like, well, that sounds like a great idea. I'd love to do that. And it would be good to put all those thoughts down, but that's going to take a lot of time. And it's like, it ends up being 78 pages. And, and then how do you re-edit it? And just how do you make the time for it? And do you remember I, I what you would say? For you. Yeah. So... I took a course on how to create a course. <laughs> right. Right. So there's this guy named Jason Zook, awesome entrepreneur. Check his stuff out. He was actually on the Rob Cressy Show podcast. I highly recommend listening to it because this guy is amazing. He, uh, he created a company called IWearYourShirt.com. He's not in business anymore <laughs> where companies paid him to wear their shirts mm-hmm. on camera and stuff. He's an entrepreneur who makes something out of nothing. And he had this course called easycourse.com where in 30 days, we will teach you how to create a course in 30 days. So what I actually did was created a comedy writing course called Write Funnier about what everything I learned in Second City because I wanted to use it to uh, teach others, my interns, employees, or once again, in my agency world, when I'm saying, Rob, what in the world have you done? I'm gonna say, oh, I've got a background in comedy. Okay, whatever. Oh, by the way, here's a comedy writing course that you and anybody in your department can take. Was that the first one that you did of the books? So that was the first thing. So it was 30 days on how to do it, and it was all about these little digestible bits. It's like, sign up for a Squarespace site today, and you're like, oh, that's it? Now it's like, outline your show, outline this, boom, boom, boom. So what I did is 30 minutes at a time or an hour at a time, every single day, I just wrote. So I said, all right, boom, outline. Then you go down to each one. What do I need to do? 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here. Next thing you know, 45 days later, there's an entire ebook. There you go. See, and that, talk about him, him giving away the book. Uh, ebooks for free. He's given away life coaching now for free as well. That I've got to, I got, I take notes on this myself. I could use all this, but um, no, this is this is great stuff. This is I love having these kinds of conversations, and the ideas are are fantastic. Speaking of ideas, that was the last thing I wanted to, to talk to you about. Like, what's the favorite and or least favorite thing you've worked on? I guess your least favorite you've already talked about of doing telemarketing. Uh, and, and that kind of a thing in the finance world. What's the favorite of all these different things that you've done? Is there one that really stands out or you're the most pleased with or 
gave you the most pleasure? I think it's an every day is something new. So for me, I think that zeal for life and creativity is what allows me to wake up at 523 in the morning and go get it. So having conversations like this with you on the podcast, it it just makes me so excited. Uh, I've had interviews with Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. So Barstool, they've created the model of what I'm building. So talking to their CEO, right. I'm doing backflips. We've we've interviewed so many people. Uh, I'm very proud of the Bacon Sports and Beer Celebration. It took me nine months to plan. And it was the time of my life while I was there doing it. I'm loving doing infield chatter because I'm getting paid to be a creator. And I was thinking back on this is my dream was always to work in sports. And now that I'm working in sports and essentially realizing my dream, I'm continuing to think bigger. And a lot of people are like, is this all this is for your dream? But as I've learned more, a dream is about enjoying the journey every single day. It's not this end point where you say, Mm. I'm working in sports, so now I've achieved bliss. Instead, it's, listen, you live once. And my life, my goal today is to have an awesome day. And being able to do this every single day, to me, that is just the the absolute best thing there. And then the last one, uh, I got NASCAR to sponsor my bachelor party. <laughs> they threw, they uh, me and right. me and twelve friends <laughs> went down to the Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Coca Cola Six Hundred, uh-huh. and I convinced them. I said, listen. NASCAR should be more fun and accessible, and I want to show that through content. So they hooked it up with a ride in the pace car ahead of time. We were down there in Pitt Road and everything. Uh, we actually got on Sports Center because we got into Victory Lane when Jimmy Johnson won, and all of a sudden you look, and, and there we are. And this comes down to one of my philosophies in life. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. And with that instance, people were like, what in the, how in the world did you do this? I was like, well, I just asked. And of course, I put together a proposal of this is why I should do it. So that was without a doubt. That's probably the, the happiest or most proud I've ever been is landing a bachelor party sponsorship. <laughs> well done. Well, uh, this is, I've, obviously, I've enjoyed the conversation and, and we'll have to do it again. But you talked about you know, being, being out there and, and accessible to folks. What's the best way for people to to get in touch with you that might have a business opportunity or might just be looking to exchange ideas. Yeah, for sure. Hit me up, Rob at baconsports.com. That's my email. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy, C-R-E-S-S-Y. Uh, on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Snapchat at Bacon Sports. Bacon Sports on all social media outlets, podcasting. I'm not hard to find. I love connecting with people. I love uh, chatting, having fun, getting down, uh, doing anything I can to be a positive asset to others. I love it. This is that's what Painless Networking is about too. So, this is this was a a lot of fun, a perfect chat. Thank you so much. I'll list all that stuff for you folks at, in the uh, pod description, so you can pull that down and find those links. But uh, check out Rob; he's a great guy, a lot of smarts and a lot of heart. So it's uh, this was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Thanks for being with me today, Rob. Thanks for having me. What did you think? If uh, Rob Cressy doesn't get you pumped up or put a smile on your face, then uh, I think you might need to get to the doctor and get your heart checked. A lot of fun chatting with Rob and some some great ways to approach and attack life and and work. Hopefully you also fed a little bit off of his energy and his 
positivity. Check the pod description for multiple links to the different stuff he's worked on, how you can get to his podcasts and ebooks. Before you go, here's a quick to-do list. It's easy. Before you jump off uh, to the next pod, number one, you might want to head back to pod number 31 with Dave Zimmer and Steve Ginsburg from Fleet Feet and Ram Racing. Get yourself a little bit inspired to run. Save five bucks on this weekend's Hot Chocolate 15K or 5K races. Use the code HCPainless at registration. you got to hurry. It's this weekend. Get to hotchocolate15k.com. That's hotchocolate15k.com. Sign up now. The race is this Sunday, October 29th. The second item would be to rate, review, and subscribe this fantastic Painless podcast. Check out other great pods like Scott Paddock's. From, uh, he's from Chicagoland Speedway. Dan McGalla from PCG Sports Desk. We're way back towards the very beginning with Kara Bachman from the Chicago Sports Commission. Some good people with good advice. Uh, in all, we've got 34 awesome guests for you to choose from. So check them out. Finally, the third and last item on the to-do list, get to painless.network and join today. Just create and complete a free profile on our brand new awesome site and enjoy all the painless benefits. Okay, enough of me. I'll get out of your ears now. Till next time, it's Chris Hartwig saying... Stay connected, friends.